This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Glory to God. Father, again, we just thank you for this portion of our service. We thank you for this opportunity. It is a privilege, Father, for us to have revealed to us the truth uh, regarding your plans, purposes for mankind, and not only that, the redemption that you provided in Christ. I thank you, Father God, that every word of your gospel is true. And so we thank you tonight, Father God, for the perfect law of liberty. And I thank you, Father, for hearts to believe, ears to hear, and eyes to see, so that, Father God, we can rest in the grace that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, the Apostle Paul said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or not of the flesh, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. Strongholds. Casting down imaginations. Now, some of your Bible translations will say reasonings. But the strongholds that the Apostle Paul here is talking about is the human reasoning, as you'll discover here in a moment, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It's like, for example, I used a scripture earlier, you know, the fool is said in his heart, there is no God. That's his reasoning. And it is a stronghold, obviously, within his life that causes him to be separated from God. You just have to believe the Bible. Praise God. I mean, if you don't, I mean, one of the very first things that we learned as Christians when we first got saved is, is that you have to let the Word of God become the final authority in your life and believe that it's true. Otherwise, you'll be all over the place. It is the gold standard. It's the compass, you know. And if you're going to rely on some other means or method or whatever, or somebody, you know, whatever it is that they're saying, <clears throat> then you're just going to be in trouble, you know. And the Bible says God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So, you know, if you run into people and they're confused about something, well, it might be because they're just without the understanding that comes from the Word of God. So again, the Apostle Paul here in our text is saying that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5, casting down imaginations or reasonings and every high thing that exalts itself, now notice, it exalts itself against the what? The knowledge of God. Say that again. Say it one more time. The knowledge of God. These things exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Satan told Eve, you will not die. That is a reasoning that exalts itself against what God said in the day that you eat thereof, you will die. So these are the things that happen uh, within the context of the world in which we live. And then it says, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and then having an re uh, a readiness to revenge or to protect yourselves against the attack when your obedience is fulfilled. We talked last uh, Wednesday night about understanding your enemy. The reason we talked about it is, is that the Bible makes it clear that we've got one. 
You know, I've mentioned before, you know, there are some denominational preferences. Well, I wouldn't say maybe it's a denominational tenet, but there are ministers within certain denominations that don't believe in a literal devil. They just believe that the devil is a figure used to talk about the evil that is in the world. Well, uh, they are sorely mistaken. And yet that's exactly what they're communicating. You know, the reality is, is if you don't know who your enemy is, you don't know what you're fighting against. You don't know what you're dealing with. So if I, if, if, if I can convince you that I don't exist, I think I've got an advantage. Huh? And so the Bible makes it clear that we are engaged in a conflict. Again, the Apostle Paul said that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to pull down strongholds and cast down imaginations. In Ephesians chapter 6, we looked at that, but the Apostle Paul said, Finally, my brother, in verse 10, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now listen, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high and heavenly places. So take to you the whole armor of God so that you can stand against the wiles, King James uses the the word wiles, of the devil, okay? Because he has schemes. And those schemes are designed to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, the thief comes but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. I came so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. Now, the real kicker to all this is is getting people to believe the Bible. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Because if I can't get you to believe the Word of God, then, then, then I can't help you. All right? You know, we've got to believe that what it is that God said is true, and it is. But the reality is, whether you believe it or not, God's Word is true. So it's just incumbent upon us to go ahead and accept the truth that is in the Word of God, because that is what it is that we use to combat the things that are going on in our lives. And the truth is, you have to know who your enemy is. I used the example last week about General Patton's, you know, the movie that they made of him and George C. Scott and all of that. Well, he read his enemy's book to find out how he strategically and tactically did tank warfare. And Patton came out on top. There's another one you guys would be familiar with, um, The Hunt for Red, Red October. You remember that? It had Sean Connery, and, and it was a nuclear sub that he was going to uh, turn over to the United States from Russia. But Alec Baldwin played a CIA ana- uh, analyst in that movie. And he got drug into this thing because he knew all about this general. His name was Ramius, uh, Sean Connery, the character he played. But he knew all about him. So everybody's asking him, you know, why is he doing this? Well, how's it? And he was trying to tell them this is the way he thinks. This is, you know, his background. In other words, he knew who he was so that they could intelligently you know, deal with the circumstance that they found themselves to be in. So it's important for us to understand these things. And, and uh, if you do, then thank God. For example, isn't it good to know that the devil is under your feet? That he's defeated. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> he's very much alive and well and doing his dirt. But the reality is, thank God, you know, you and I are not ignorant of his devices, are we? 
Huh? Then the Apostle Paul said, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, if I, if I don't pay attention to what the Word of God has to say and I don't, I don't line my life up with the instruction that I have from the Bible, then I'm on my own, okay? In other words, God instructed and he told me what to do. And, you know, we don't, we're not perfect and we don't always do everything right. But at least if there's the intention, God can work with us and get us where it is he needs us to go. Amen? You know, the Bible does say to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But if we just disregard the Bible, if we don't, you know, give it its, its rightful place, then we're in trouble. You know, and that's why, you know, people, um, when it comes to the Word of God, uh, cannot um, approach it with, with just indifference because that just won't work. How many of you know that? Amen. So <clears throat> what's so cool about it is, is that we know the good news is that our enemies defeated, but we have the response. We still have the responsibility to use the weapons you know, that we have at our disposal that have been afforded to us to engage the enemy and, and, and with the force and the authority of God's kingdom, hallelujah, be able to put him under our feet, glory to God, and, uh, you know, do the dance on top of his head. Are you listening to me? And, but we do have to be wise about it. And, you know, here's the thing, you guys, when God gave us his word, when he began to reveal himself to men, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all of the, you know, um, uh, what we call or refer to as the Pentateuch of the Bible. And then we had other prophets that came along. We have the Chronicles and Kings and all of God's dealings with these people. They're all written for our learning. They're written, uh, actually, one place in the New Testament says, for our admonition upon, admonition means to warn. Okay, when I admonish someone, I warn them. If I exhort them, I'm endeavoring to call them near. You know, I mean, when, when God is exhorting someone, he's endeavoring to call them near. When he admonishes them, he's warning them. And so these things have been written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the earth have come. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's like... Uh, uh, there's a guy that's uh, kind of a leadership guru. Most of you know him. His name's John Maxwell. Maybe you don't know him. But anyway, you know, um, he's just talking about uh, leading at different levels. And, and the reality is, is that the, the higher you go in leadership, the fewer options that you have in terms of the way uh, that you maybe live your life, if that's the right way to put it. Now, a lot of folk, you know, they just go out and do whatever it is they do, but, you know, sooner or later, the whole thing comes tumbling down. Are you listening to me? So with responsibility, I guess maybe it's a better way of putting it as we increase and as we, you know, you just have to have your, you have to have your, you have to bring your A game. Are you with me? Okay, all right. So it's important for us, you know, to understand these things. And, and we have so much insight. I think this is where I was trying to get to. We have so much insight from the Old Testament and the Scriptures and God's dealing with them. We have so much insight as to what took place, what it is that God did, uh, how to walk in the light of the truth, you know. He said, I've put these things, life and death, before you. Therefore, choose life so that you and your seed can live. Do what it is, just obey, you know, 
And, and if you will, I tell you what, I will bring the blessing of heaven into your life. That's a good deal, isn't it? Now, here's the kicker. This is the rub. You know, a lot of folk, you know, they're living in the world and <clears throat> maybe they're just, there's deficiency uh, where the knowledge of God is concerned or maybe the experience that they've had because of that uh, ignorance or, or not knowing has really put them in a tough spot, you know? I mean, they've just been corkscrewing themselves down into the ground and then all of a sudden they discover the truth. And then they start working towards making an application of that truth in their lives. Well, if they don't see immediate results, the devil will come along. We're talking about knowledge that exalts itself against, or I'm sorry, reasonings that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. The thing that happens is the devil will come and see, he'll just say, see, it's not working. This whole faith thing, it don't work. You know, that, that, that promise stuff, you know, God made these promises, Look here. Look, look what's going on. Nothing's changed. So I wouldn't give it much credit. That's why the Bible says we walk by what and not by what? Yeah. If, if you, if you uh, I am so glad for the people that God surrounded me with when I first got started and even, you know, in the ministry as we, you know, grew in ministry and things. I'm so glad for people of like precious faith that surrounded us, that held our arms up, that believed God with us, you know, that, that, that kept us going because a lot of times in all of our life, that's why we need one another. This whole thing with COVID and whatever, dude, this thing is from hell. Because all it's done is divided people and sent them off into God only knows where. Everybody's crawling in a hole. And it's, you know, and you can see it this last week. They had all these football games. And people were going, start craving, uh, raving crazy, having a great time because they were with a whole bunch of people. So what happens? All the naysayers are just bagging on them bad. You know, well, you know, people are tired of it. They're done with it. Are you listening to me? You know, and, and uh, so the whole, you know, isolation and, and uh, separation and uh, keep to yourself and, you know, all of that stuff, dude, that's from hell. And the church, we need one another. And it's important, so, so vitally important. But uh, um, so the key to what we're talking about here about understanding your enemy is that, you know, the, the success in it is believing the truth. Everybody say believing the truth. Find out. You shall know the truth. The truth will make you free. So believing the truth within the Bible and then walking in the light of it as it's been declared and as it's been revealed. I've said this before, but I'll, I'll say it again, you know, sin I could say was the problem because Jesus took care of the sin problem when he went to the cross. But so sin was the problem. If sin dominates someone, sin is the problem. And the, and the cure is repentance and obedience, okay? I was thinking about, remember uh, Dr. Cho over there in Korea, South Korea? Uh, he had this, I don't know, he had like, what, 500,000 people that came to his church or something? You know, there's big churches in other parts of the world, man. They have services where 50,000 people come to church, and they have like six church services. Wow. Well, anyway, they were talking to him, and they asked him, they said, uh, you know, 
could could you tell us, you know, just in a simple kind of way, you know, what is it, you know, what's the secret to your success? And he just said, <laughs> he says, I pray and I obey. That, that'd fix a lot of problems, wouldn't it? If we, you know, just pray and obey. And so, you know, uh, sin has been dealt with. Thank, and here's the thing, you guys. I don't care whether anybody believes it or not. But when people choose to sin, and sin again is just disobeying what God said, it brings a curse. You know? Maybe not immediately, but I'm telling you what, dude, sooner or later the chickens are coming home to roost. All this stuff you see going on with corruption and lying and all of the things that are happening, all of that, there is a reward and a recompense coming, okay? You know, God said, vengeance belongs to me, and I will repay. Isn't that what he said? You say, well, couldn't he hurry up? You know? How many of you feel like you wish he'd hurry up? Well, uh, he's got a lot more long-suffering and patience than you do, that's all. So, <clears throat> so the sin is what, you know, uh, with sin comes the curse. And, um, but here's the thing you need to understand, and this is what we're talking about, understanding our enemy. The devil is a liar, Okay. The Bible says there is no truth in him. Let's, why don't you turn with me, if you would, to um, John chapter 8, John uh, Gospel, John's Gospel chapter 8. And I want you to read uh, something here that Jesus made reference to regarding the devil. How many of you believe that Jesus probably knew what he was talking about? Huh? Suppose he taught, or suppose he spoke the truth? Sure. The way you combat the liar is with the truth, okay? And, um, and uh, that becomes the, the, the key. But notice here in verse, uh, let's start with, uh, well, let's start with 43. John chapter 8, 43. Jesus is talking to a group of people, and there were some that contested his, uh, his comments about being free. And in 43, he says, Why do you not understand my speech? Is it not because you cannot or will not hear my word? Okay? A lot of people didn't believe what Jesus had to say, right? Okay? Notice what he says to the same group. Talk about boldness. He said, You are of your father, the devil. And they were religious people and religious rulers of that day. You were of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. Now listen, he, so he's going to give us some, some um, insight here. He says, he, the devil, was a murderer from the beginning. Remember Cain and Abel? Okay. He abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So when you hear of all this nonsense going on, you know, um, and what it is, you can, you can tell who's behind it. Because if there's no truth in it, naturally the devil's a part of that. So the weapon that we have 
Everybody say, thank God for weapons. The weapon of choice, you could say, that we have is the truth. Now, we won't go there right now, maybe, but, but when Paul was talking about putting on the whole armor of God, you know, so that we could stand against the wiles of the devil, the first thing that he talked about is to have your loins girt about with the, anybody know? Truth. So in other words, he's saying that the first thing that you need to get yourself together with is the word of truth, okay? And, and we know that to be true when Jesus dealt with the devil. You know, every time he was tempted, he sa- Jesus said, it is what? Written. So he combated him with this weapon of choice, the word of God. And you know, the thing about it is... <clears throat> Let me give you an example. When you get born again, everything changes. New life is imparted to you. Dreams, hopes, opportunities, plans, things that God has for you, all of a sudden, boom, open up as a possibility within your life. The problem with many of us is, but when we discover this, we got all this baggage got all this stuff in our past, and it's dragging on us, you know, and we're trying to get set free from this and that and the whatever. And so you got to get enough of the truth into someone to drive out the erroneous kinds of thinking. When I first got saved, I got delivered from smoking dope and drinking and all of that instantly. And it was, it was, it was actually scary to me because I knew me, and I realized this is not normal. And so I went to someone to ask them what in the world's gone on. But one of the things that I had a problem with is smoking cigarettes. I threw away more than I smoked. You know, I'd smoke a cigarette, get under conviction, throw them away, wish I'd go turn around, go back and get them, or I'll stop down at the store and get another pack. So it was, a, it was a, a deal, but see, I love Jesus. He said, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You know, people say, well, we'll smoke and send you to hell. And, and the response was, no, but you'll smell like it. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, <clears throat> you know, so I fought it for, I, I don't know, maybe six months from the time I made a decision to get saved. But what was wild about it is, is that all of a sudden I realized it had been three weeks and I hadn't smoked a cigarette. And I thought, hey, you know, you're starting now. And I got set free. But here's the thing about that. I'll tell you exactly what happened in my life. Is I kept feeding on the word of God, kept being a part of the body life of, of the, the living church. And, and I'll tell you exactly what happened. But I, I came to a place of esteeming God's word more than I did smoking a cigarette. And I got set free. Are you with me? And the same thing's true. You know, you got drug addictions, substance abuse, all these things. You know, if people will fall in love with Jesus and esteem him and his word more than whatever it is that is trying to destroy their life, they'll get set free. Are you with me? So, um, so he's a liar and the father of it, and, uh, but the weapon of choice we use, of course, is the word. So, so a lot of times moving out of our past into the future that God has for us. Like I said, we've got this stuff. And, and what will happen is, is the devil will say, 
Well, you know, the last time you tried that, that didn't work out so good, did it? You're not capable. You can't. You know, you uh, don't deserve it. Condemnation is a huge weapon in Satan's arsenal against people. What he does is he beats them up from a young age as children, doing anything and everything that he can to destroy their self-esteem. That's why when parents are breathing the life of God into their kids and say, you know what, you can do anything. You are, you got the goods. God has created you so marvelously and wonderfully. But can you see the, the dynamic between that and then over here like, you never do anything right. What's wrong with you? You know, why don't you get a clue? See, that's the devil. That's the devil. And all he's trying to do is browbeat the child into a place of submission to him so that they will never do anything in life. If he can, if he can manage it, that's why you ought to thank God for every church worker that's back there giving their lives and, and, and preaching to them kids about the goodness of God and that they can be a winner with him and you can do all things through Christ. Because baby, that is the children's bread. Are you listening to me? And, and, um, but, but what happens then, you know, and this is especially true, they get up into adolescence, they get up into the teenage years, and, you know, you always got the bully and everything. Well, where does the bully come from? It comes from hell. Something moves a person to try to suppress everyone else so they can be on top. That's the devil. Are you listening to me? And so it's important for us, you know, uh, not only, you know, in dealing with our kids, but it's important with, with us. Now, we're going to dig our, our way out of, uh, is this making sense to you? You know, when people have poor self-esteem, they look in the mirror and they don't look like the girl on the magazine or they don't look like this or they don't look, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too this, you're too that. You're never right. Nothing's ever right, you know. And, and um, uh and it's all intended. But you've got to understand that your identity is not, it doesn't come from a magazine. It comes from a book called the Bible. And the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Are you listening to me? You know? And, and not only that, but the Bible says that you are his workmanship. And I'm telling you, God doesn't make junk. Are you with me? But you've got to believe that. See, that's the thing. And, and of course, like I said, you know, if, de if the devil can use that or the condemnation, condemnation's from hell. If you feel like you're being beat up, you know, in your mind and stuff like that, dude, it's from hell. Because God, you know, the wisdom of God is first pure and peaceable, easy to be entreated, full of good fruit without partiality. I'm telling you, God is so much on the side of people. Are you with me? But those are the devices, those are the, the tactics, the wiles, the schemes, whatever you want to call them. Those are the things that the devil tries to use, you know, to keep people from doing whatever it is that, you know, they have in their heart. So again, especially condemnation. You don't deserve it. Yeah, I know. You know, and so you never do anything. You know, it, it's a uh, uh, you know, people, I've heard this before with people, they'll say, well, I'm damaged goods. Well, 
Welcome to the party, dude. We're all damaged goods. If it wasn't for Jesus, we're all a wreck. You know what I'm saying? But what they do is they almost sometimes wear it as a badge, you know, and so it keeps them under the curse. You got to stop saying I'm damaged goods. You're not damaged goods. You were until Jesus got a hold of you. Huh? But again, you know, these are the things that people, you know, allow the devil to, to tell them, and especially when you've heard it all your life, you know, so then it becomes hard to get out. And that's why we say get in the Word, 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 get in the Word. Because it's through the washing of the water of the Word that people come to discover who they really are so that they can be set free from whatever it is that the devil, you know, is trying to tell them, you know. Everybody say it together, he's a liar. He's a liar. He is an absolute liar, you know. It, 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 let's just say, you know, <laughs> you know, the Bible gave us a commandment to love one another, isn't that right? And Jesus said, love your enemies. I don't know about you, but sometimes that's, I don't get a real big charge out of that, do you? No. Huh? I mean, in the natural, it's kind of easier not to, Huh? So let's just say that the Spirit of God speaks to you and says, hey, I want you to do this or that or some kind of a, uh, show some kind of a grace or a favor toward the person. And all of a sudden, uh, the, the thought comes, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Well, you know, the one that says to show grace, we know that's probably from heaven. The one that says, I wouldn't do that if I were you, is probably not from, from uh, God. Would you agree? You know, just like, you know, <laughs> Somebody was talking about giving, you know, t taking up an offering, and people says, if you get two numbers, said make sure you give the bigger one because the smaller one's from hell. <laughs> you know, the devil doesn't want the church to have anything. He wants her to be poor, broken, and and defeated. But thank God we're not poor, we're not broken, and we're not defeated. Amen. And thank God for that. Amen. So these are the things we need to understand. But so, so what you end up having to do is you have to measure every thought uh, against the light of the Word of God. Is this really what, you know, is being said here, you know? You, you with me? And um, it's like Sunday morning, I was talking about Copeland. You know, and everybody, they bag on Kenneth all the time about, you know, he's this rich preacher and he's just, you know, built all this money. I mean, they, they have all kinds of uh, uh, lies that they talk about this guy. But, but on the other hand, here's a guy that, uh, you know, I don't know exactly, Glenn Beck was in on this whole deal, but Kenneth, um, he, they either used or offered. I don't know because I didn't get the facts on the whole deal. One of the big planes that he's got a jet that's got uh, international capability that can go all, you know, uh, go across the pond. Let's put it that way. And then, and then he gives them $15 million in order to be able to do the operations and things of that nature. You know, there's, there's special force people right now that are helping people get out of Afghanistan. You know, government doesn't have anything to do with it. You know, what a sad, sad deal. Isn't that right? And then I, I remember there, or I heard that there was this, uh, a mother and three kids that they got out and, and the State Department took credit for it and had absolutely nothing to do with it. Lies, corrupt lies.
So, you know, uh, you might want to be careful about what it is that you listen to and watch and believe. Let's look at another verse of Scripture. We're going to have to get back on something more positive here. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5 with me. 1 Peter, the fifth chapter. Amen. Maybe we're going to have to get some scotch tape. My Bible's coming apart here. Yeah, I don't want to give up my Bible. Huh? You can't be giving up your Bible. You know, I went to Bible school for nine months, and I wrote in this Bible. I had a wide margin thing like I do in the Bible that I have here. And, and I had all these notes in it, and I lost it when we moved back from school. And so all those notes, I don't know. Did you steal it? I never did ask you. Do you have it someplace in a closet you've been holding out on me? I need to keep track of my stuff. Yeah, probably. That's probably true. <clears throat> Notice the eighth verse here. We're talking about understanding our enemy. Notice the eighth verse. Be sober. What does your other Bible translation say? Be, okay, but, but what? Self-controlled? Be sober, be self-controlled. Huh? Alert. Um, self-controlled, sober, vigilant. Why? Why do you want us to do that, Peter? Because your adversary, the who? The devil. As a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may, underline that word. Didn't say he could, he's just looking. Whom resist, everybody say resist. Resist. Say no, devil. I remember I had an upperclassman. I think he graduated in about 67. I graduated in 74, so I'm a little beater. And he's trying to get me to smoke a cigarette. You know? I mean, I don't even know how old I was. I might have been, I don't even know if I was 10 years old. And I said, no, I don't do that. Yeah, come on, come on. It won't hurt you. Go ahead. Smoke this. No, I don't want to do it. And I remember, man, he's pressing on me to smoke the cigarette. And finally, I, I just got mad at him, you know? And, and say, oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. You know, you backed off and let it go. Amen. But then my mom caught me smoking behind the garage. Dang, that was a little later on. Did you ever get caught smoking? I never answer that. You don't have to. You did, Steve? Were you behind the garage? In the car. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I was back there behind this garage, and, and the wind was blowing, kept blowing out my matches, so I'm going back and forth, and I was getting matches. She goes, what is that kid doing? Yeah, <clears throat> so anyway, thank God she didn't tell my dad. Well, at least I don't think she did. But anyway, I, had a, I didn't have a really good example. My dad says, you don't want to smoke these things. They're dirty, you know, and they call you all, you, know, you just don't want to smoke them. Go out there and get me another pack of cigarettes with you. Something real wrong with this. You, know, you grow up in a strange environment. Praise the Lord. Uh, where were we? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions or tests or trials are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Have you ever had the temptation? to think nobody has got it as bad as me. Don't answer that question. Just think about it. You know, a lot of times people say, you know, 
in their thinking. We're talking about understanding our enemy and the devices that he uses. But a lot of times, you know, the, the pity party, the devil loves a pity party. And he will show up with all of his friends to help you. And you cannot, whom resist, you cannot, you can't stay in that state or he'll destroy you. Now, a lot of people, they, they've never come out of it, you know, and, and um, they become victims and everybody, you know, they've never gotten a fair shake and, you know, all these different kinds of things. It's from hell, huh? You know, when Jesus came, he, he set the captive free. And everyone has an opportunity, praise God, to walk in the light of the word. So it's so important for us to understand that you do need to be sober and vigilant. Keep your head on, you know. A lot of times, you know, I was interested in the, in the one that I think it was the first song that we sang tonight, you know, about the place that God has put us in. When it comes, you know, uh, when there's fear, you gave us courage. You know, when there was death, you gave us life. You know, and, and that's the thing that people have to get their, their, their minds renewed to. But I'm telling you, and here's another thing. You know, we, we talk about, you know, putting a watch over your lips about the things that you say. And it could be, like I mentioned earlier, about what you say to your kids because it impacts them. You know, but it might be just the things you say about life, your life. It could be about the things that you say about other people things of that nature. But what people don't understand is, is that your sloppy talk or sloppy behavior opens the door to problems in your life. Huh? If you're always talking about <clears throat> the negative side of your life and what you don't have and what, how unfair it is and all of these different kinds, it, it, it breeds it. It makes it, it, makes it grow. But you don't have to do that. Thank God, faith always has a good report. Amen? When, you know, when uh, Paul was writing there to the church at Philippi, he said, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, that which is of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, he said, think on these things. Why did he say that? Because if you're thinking on them things, you'll talk like it. Hallelujah. My wife was, uh, she went back and got, found some YouTube of uh, uh, Oral Roberts. And you know, Oral Roberts is the one who coined the phrase, God is a good God. And he had a, what do you, there was a big banner or something like God is good or... Oh, I didn't remember that, obviously. You know, God is good. You know, up until that time, which this would have been probably back in the 70s, uh, early 70s or something like that, that wasn't even, nobody preached that. Nobody, no, there was no people in the pulpit saying, hey, you need to know that God is a good God. And all of a sudden, this Native American off the, you know, plains of Oklahoma gets anointed by the Spirit of God and has a revelation of God and starts preaching, God is good. Because we had been under the impression that God's not always good. There's stuff that God does, you know, to teach you something, you know, or whatever. Stupid stuff. 
you know, but yet that's what we, you know, and, and all it is is it's an attempt by human beings to try to explain the bad things that happen in people's lives, you know? People write books all the time. Why is it that, you know, tragedies and bad things happen to good people? Well, they never take into account that there is the God of this world, huh? So they place blame in the wrong place. And so it was a beautiful, wonderful revelation that God gave to Oral. And so, you know, I walked in the house and she's watching these black and white. I'm going, what are you doing? She goes, I'm watching Oral Roberts, man. He's preaching, you know. And um, so hallelujah. Thank God for that. At least she wasn't watching as the stomach turns or, you know, some soap opera. Amen. Praise God. We went down to have lunch down at the back 40 and, uh, and um, which is a bar, in case you're wondering. It's in Macedonia. Yes. But they got good food. And so we're in there, and they got this TV on, and there's a soap opera going on. And I'm, I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, dude, you can't even make this stuff up. <laughs> I mean, who believes this? But people, you know, man, I mean, they watch it, like, religiously. Okay. You say, Pastor, where, where are you trying to go? I don't know. I'm getting interrupted as I go here and just some different things. So, um. Let me bring this to a close. It really, yeah, that's right. We, here's the thing, you guys, as believers, children of God, we are, we are not afforded the luxury. Everybody say luxury. You know, of, of living however we want to. And, and the cool thing about it is, is you don't have to. Thank God he, he can empower you to live a life that is pleasing to him. Everybody say, I got the goods. Yeah, everybody say, I'm not ignorant of his devices. I'm not ignorant of Yeah, amen. Praise God. So you just make sure that, uh, that you uh, um, do the right thing. One more verse of Scripture. Turn to Colossians chapter 1, and we'll close with this tonight. I'll just share this with you, and uh, we'll be done. <clears throat> Thank God Jesus defeated the enemy. And we have the opportunity to uh, exercise our um, freedom in Him. Hallelujah. Notice what it says here, Colossians chapter um, uh, 1. And Let's start with verse 9, because I want you to see how the apostle is praying here for the church. He said in verse 9, For this cause, since we, the day we heard it, we haven't ceased uh, to pray for you. So Paul is praying for these people in Colossae. And, and notice how he's praying. He says, We desire, our prayer and our desire for you is that you might be filled. Everybody say filled. Filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. In other words, to be able to judge the difference between right and wrong. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing. Everybody say increasing. Increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience or endurance and longsuffering with joyfulness. Hallelujah. Now notice this. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us well, King James used the word meet. It's actually the word able. He's qualified us. 
the Father has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now listen to this. Who has delivered us? Everybody say, I've been delivered. Yes. Who has delivered us from the power or the authority of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood. So how does that work in our everyday life as we come to a close? Well, you know, sometimes, you know, you can get in a bad mood. Any of you ever been in a bad mood? You need to resist the temptation to be in a bad mood. Okay, what am I in a bad mood about? Well, I don't know. There are all kinds of reasons, you know, why people can be in a bad mood. You can get in a funk, you know, some kind of, you know, just, you know, whatever. You need to resist it. And because it's not you, it's not how you were created to live or, or, or have any dealings. So you have to resist it. Well, you say, well, how do I do that? Well, the first thing I do, you know, this, this sense, feeling, mood, uh, emotion, whatever it is that you want to call it, it's obviously not from heaven, huh? So the first thing that we do is we just say, I resist you in the name of Jesus. This isn't right. I'm not going to sit here and sulk. I'm not going to sit here and feel sorry for myself. I'm not going to sit here and be, have a pity party about this, that, and the other, because this isn't from heaven. So I resist you in the name of Jesus, Okay, now the second step that you could do to, you know, help you out, help yourself out with that is get yourself some good music, put it on, start singing with it. You know, get a get a good praise tape or CD or whatever it is, you know, iPod, whatever you use and start singing, rejoicing. Praise stills the enemy and the avenger. It's the best thing in the world to put the devil on the run. Yeah, but I've had such a hard time, you know, and I just, you know, it just, I can't seem to shake it and this and that and the other. All the more reason. There was a woman, Brother Hagin talks about a story about a woman. She'd been praying, and I think she had some form of an illness. I don't remember what it was. And God gave her a vision. And in the vision, she seen this old, uh, uh, you know, like the scales of justice. And in this one scale, uh, there was, uh, it said prayer on it. There's a big old pile on this thing, you know, so it's down. And over here, the, the other side, it had just a little tiny little bit of whatever, you know, and it said praise. And in, in, in this, uh, I don't know if you'd call it a visitation, but the Lord just spoke to her and said, when those two even out, you'll get healed. She said, and it was a terminal condition as I understand it. And, and so what she did is she began to worship God and praise God, and she did it every waking moment. Now, some people would think that that's nuts, you know, but she did it for every waking moment for two days straight. She just kept praising God, thanking God and praising Him, and thanking Him for His goodness and His mercy, and, they, and just continued, continued, continued. You know, the devil, he never takes a break. I mean, he'll beat on your head until it's bloody and there ain't nothing left. So sometimes, you know, you got to dig yourself in and say, no, no, that's enough of this. We're not going here anymore. She praised God for two days and got healed by the power of God. Now, that was the way, the, the method or the, the, the path, if you want to call it, that the Lord instructed her to use in order to get what it is that she needed. Well, the same thing's true for us. Amen. Praise God. I hope you got something out of this this evening and that it's a blessing. Praise God to you. You know, don't ever let things that are in your past hold you back. 
because those things, praise God, are under the blood. Amen? Why don't you stand with me, if you would, please? We'll pray together. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Father in heaven, we thank you tonight. So very grateful for what it is that you have made known to us, Father, how that you have helped us. Praise God. Father, I ask you to help each and every one of us to be careful about what it is we say and what we do. Father, I ask you to divinely order our steps so that we are not uh, caught in the snare or the trap of the enemy. And I just thank you, Father God, that we can <clears throat> just pass it up. Hallelujah. Stay happy and say, no, I don't believe so. That's not the way I'm going to live. And Father, I just want to thank you for your grace in every home, every life. Um, every person that's here tonight, Father God, bless their lives, Father. Continue to reveal and show them, Father, the path you'd have them to go. Father, help them not to take on things that aren't theirs. Responsibility, worry, care, any kind of anxieties that aren't theirs. And I just thank you, Father God, for your blessing in every one of their lives. Thank you, Lord, so very much that we can lift up the needs that are represented in our lives and in the lives of others, that we can cast all our care onto you because you care for us. So we thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Praise God. Such a measurable blessing that you've provided for us, each and every one. And Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Praise God. You may be seated. We're going to go ahead and receive our evening.